I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. It's Jeremy here. And Taylor's here. <laughs> oh, shit. We in the same room. Same room. It's been a while. I've been living on PEI for doing some summer theater out there. Mm. Come see my show, The Melville Boys at uh, Victoria Playhouse. I'm going. Yeah, come check it out. Uh, it runs till the end of July. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Literally. Because we got a couple announcements uh, to make before we hop into today's episode. Very special episode. Mm. Sit down and talk to my wife. Uh, my wife. My, my wife. She's not my wife. She's not you. Well, she's Jeremy's wife. Yeah. She's, but she could be everyone's she wife. She could be everyone's wife. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, what a hook, line, and sinker for the episode. Oh, Go check it out. I'm sorry, Bridie. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's that. So what we want to talk about first is our Patreon page. Yeah, we and launched it. And for all you guys who don't know what Patreon is, Jer, what's a, what's a Patreon page? Tell us about Patreon. Well, Patreon is basically uh, like an ongoing Kickstarter. Uh, you can contribute to the work that we're doing. So whatever you think we're worth, uh, you would donate per once per month. But also, uh, specifically what I want to say is that our Patreon page is where we are going to put all of our exclusive content uh, for the people who have contributed to us. So if you are a contributor, uh, be sure to check up on our Patreon uh, page pretty regularly. And hey, if you've, you've contributed $5 or more, you're going to get that exclusive content, that exclusive shiz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we love, we like you more the more you give us. That's a thing. Anybody <laughs> yeah. who gives little, we just don't. Don't, no, don't, no, dude, no, don't say that. If you, if you, listen, for fuck's sakes, Taylor, it's not. Dude, I've been working towards this Lambo. And no, I, I no. I want it. Everybody who has subscribed so far, we are so thankful for you. Whether it was a dollar, whether you think that a dollar is. Is um is what we're worth per month, or you think a hundred dollars is what we're worth per month? We love each and every one of you, so thank you for subscribing almost equal, to that. Almost <laughs> equally, Christ, still you shut up. Uh, the other thing is that we've got a live show coming up, actually on Prince Edward Island, um, in Charlottetown. So if you're a, 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 an Islander and you're listening to the show, you love what we're doing, come check us out. We're going to be at Upstreet Brewery on July 31st. Show starts at 8:30. We've got two solid guests two charlottetown mm. famous guests mm. it's gonna be a good fucking night and uh and just so you know if you want to hear that episode that live episode if you can't make it out to pei you gotta be a patreon subscriber. you gotta be a patreon yeah. the live shows are now only being recorded and released to people that subscribe yeah. to our patreon it's the exclusive content uh gig so that's right get on patreon and and support check that motherfucker out yeah. uh www.patreon.com slash sick boys where you can find that and uh one final announcement is that we are changing our rss feed over to soundcloud if that just sounds like a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo to you, it's the same to me. But uh, just <laughs> know that it. if something funky happens with your uh, iTunes subscription or any shit like that, just keep an eye on our, our social media. But uh, we're, we're hoping nothing, nothing, no fuckery will happen. So uh, sit back and enjoy this conversation. It's it's a big one and it means a lot to me. You better enjoy it. Oh, God, Taylor, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Love yous. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Bridie. She 
has to live with me because she's my wife, and that's probably pretty hard because A, I'm a bit of a wiener, and B, I'm dying. So let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, don't do that. Yeah. So this is this conversation's been a, been a long time in the making. We've mm-hmm. been talking about doing this, this having this conversation for probably since the very beginning. Since the very beginning, I think we probably sat down before we ever recorded any episodes and hashed out who we thought could be guests on the show. And you were definitely in that like top the, those like first five or ten people that we yeah. jotted down. And by you, we mean my wife. Woo! <laughs> my wife is on the show. Hi there. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I like. Hi, babe. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> hey. Jesus. And so am I. Uh, whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, hey, bride. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. So let's not get the listeners confused when they read the name on Facebook. It's it's Bridey, but bride-y. I call I call I call you bride. Is that because Siri calls her bride? Uh, I don't know. Well, no, no, that's not why I call. That's not. (laughs) You know what it calls you? Every time I I say call Taylor McGilvery, it's like calling Taylor McGilvery. I do have a, I have a, yeah, the Australian guy, but uh, Taylor McGilvery. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that too. Makes me laugh every time. But I call you bride. Uh, The funniest one is uh, Colin when Colin. I was going to say that. Sister Siobhan, it goes calling (laughs) Schwagen. She spells it S H E V A G N. Calling oh, <laughs> shoe wagon. Yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah, good. Actually, figure it out. So, uh, so, so, Brady, you're on the you're on the podcast today, but you're not actually sick, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. Not that I know. Of. You might. You might be though. You might be, and it just hasn't. It just Aren't hasn't surfaced yet. Have you been tested for CF since you've been with Jeremy? No, no. Here's a better question well, though. Have you? <laughs> not you that. Might have it. So, so you guys aren't you guys aren't planning on having children, but. Do you know if you're a carrier of the CF gene? Have you ever been tested? I have no, I have no idea. I think the only reason I would ever get tested is if we were going to have kids, um, which we are not. Not today. Have kids? Not today. No. Would you? Would you like to have kids? It would have to be at least six to nine months from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I want kids. I mean, I'm pretty confident that I don't. We had this conversation the other day where um, the result of the conversation was like, well, you never, you can't really say I'm never going to have kids because you never know what's going to happen. But I'm pretty confident right now that. Yeah, I, I might just I have want. some like real freakish uh, super sperm that just like finds its way out of my sperm home and gets inside your v- vagina. Dude, you know, you know what? Uh, this is really interesting because. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me like that. that was, I mean, I, that, was, that was super gross. So I'm just going to say, I'm just going to change the subject. Um, but not change the subject. Just stay on the subject, but continue it without gross things. Um, so a friend of mine was over at, uh, at my apartment with, with Kyla and, and Lexi. Um, and, uh, and Kyla was telling me this morning that. They were talking about kids and Kyla's Taylor's wife, Ky- life, life wife. Uh, my life, yeah, that's actually I like that. You like life wife? My life wife. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Your partner. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Brian. Um, so and and this was really like Kyla hates it when people go. So when are you having children? And then she's like, Well, who the fuck said I was having children? Like, mm-hmm. why? Because I'm 
30 or because I've been with the same person for a while? Like what? Like, is that, do I have to anyway? She, yeah, but yeah. So she said this really sweet thing, which, which could be offensive, but also very sweet. So she said, she was talking to a friend last night. It was a guy and they were talking about uh, like going to church and go and having kids. And he was like, Oh, so would you not take your kids to church? And then Kyle was like, Oh, I don't think Taylor and I, Taylor and I aren't going to have kids. And so, like, I, you know, I'm very much on the same page as, as you guys are um, with kids. And he said, "Oh, that's a shame." Mm. But he said, "But then, but then he, but then he followed but, that but up." Then he goes, "But you guys are so good looking. That kid's just going to be such a sexy, sexy Whoa. beast." Well, no, that kind of gets weird. Not actually. No, he actually did say he. he that was part of actually. He's like, what you got he said. good genes. But he said, "You guys," and this was this is where the compliment came in. He was like, "You guys are such." I think you, I think so highly of the two of you as a couple and as people, and <laughs> it would just be a shame for two great people to not for raise you, a kid. Yeah. I feel can, the same way for you not to have a kid, but for like like Billy Joe and exactly. Norma, like that's who, don't that, talk who, about them that way. <laughs> talk about Billy Joe and Norma like that. But you know, like two two. Let's be honest, two shitheads who exist out there that happen to be a couple and decide to have a kid, and they probably shouldn't, and probably right. probably and, didn't decide to have a kid, but had one anyway, and, and, and have several, yeah, right, and two like amazing people like you and Kyla. Deciding not to have kids, it is it, it, it does make and sense. And that was exactly his point. He said, "There's way too many people out there that are that are just shouldn't be having yeah. kids." And Billy Joe and Norma, I actually I like I love you guys. I do. It's it's not you know it's nothing personal. And 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 I and I was like, wow, that's actually that that's so sweet of him to say that. Yeah. And but also, don't ever say, "Well, that's a shame." But <laughs> but, know, he, like, but he immediately followed up with yeah, like a real good yeah. reason. And and I I'm with you guys on like the I'm not I don't think I want kids but at the same time I feel the same way when him saying that makes me feel the same way about you guys but also but here's here's my thing though you don't don't need to be a good father but okay but oh come on shut the you would be great we would be great I would be I'm a great uncle I I honestly I I feel like I don't have the dude you have a dog um, you already know so that's what I was gonna go to Mm -hmm. though like you don't need to have kids to to be involved with the raising of kids right like oh yeah like helping you could be exactly right so it's not I don't think it's a shame that you don't have kids because you'd be a good parent on your own like Taylor, you do a lot of amazing things with yoga for youth, for example, and in, are involved with kids in lots of other ways. And you do a really good job at influencing young children who are growing up in a really positive way. I'm glad you followed that up with a real positive way. <laughs> yeah. Because the way that you were saying that sounded real weird. At the, really the did it? Beginning. Yeah, it kind of did. Are you going to have kids, Brian? Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. I currently, anytime soon, uh, I'm just not ready to. I think in some ways I would like to, but I also think that I would just like really like to be a good uncle to my brother's kids if he has kids. Or Man, like I my love being kids. an uncle. It's the shit, dude. dude I said this. The best. The, I said this the other day. So I just got a dog. He's he's a he's three months old now, and I, and I was saying the other day, uh, I looked at him and I was and because he you know he disobeys obviously he's a puppy and I have to correct him and. He, I want him to respect me and love me, but I said, I said to him in the car, and I said, I want to be your dad and your cool uncle at the same time, but I can only be one. <laughs> and what he heard was, <laughs> I definitely want to have uh, some fur babies, though. Mm-hmm. He just picks out your <laughs> treat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
So uh, I feel like we're getting off yeah, topic. Yeah, we are. Though. So um, so we have we have Bridie on the show for the purpose of the relationship. Care uh, caretaker or uh, no? What's the word when someone like is your? Do you identify dependent? with that? I've never a I, no, caregiver. I don't. Uh, yeah, caregiver. Like you, like Bridie, People would consider Bridie my caregiver. I mean, Kyla's I mean, my caregiver. Yeah, <laughs> Bridie's my caregiver because like, she she takes care of the bills and uh, <laughs> makes my bed in the morning. Chelsea's Chelsea's literally doing my laundry right now. <laughs> I think that's that's a caregiver. We just set but, um, a female equality back by ten years I, with I, like, every God, statement Jesus. that we just said. I, but I do think that at some point. When I start to get really sick, you you would be con- you would be uh, identified by our, like by our, our, you know my medical professional team and like my family as my primary caregiver. Yes, and then on our tax return as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but but I don't I don't actually really identify with like that doesn't I like on know, your tax return like a like a like a medical care. Yeah, I think way? I think like well, uh, I think you would be called my dependent. Right. Oh, okay. Because okay. he is depending on me to okay. do so to make the money in. Jerry, you just him. you just mentioned you said that like you don't you don't relate to that idea of of Bridie being a caregiver to you, but also you also mentioned that like right now there's not really a lot of things that Bridie needs to to do for you because you're 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 pretty healthy right now. I mean, you have cystic yeah. fibrosis, but you're managing it. Yeah, you're not you're She's, not like she does bedridden. Do. She right? still does do a lot of things, but of course it, she doesn't need to. Right? Like, so she's not at the house. Do I'm you think? Fucked. Do you think you'll identify with that more <laughs> inevitably in the future when for sure when that becomes more of a, a requirement? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think so. And Bridie, like, how do you feel about that that expectation in the future, knowing that you'll probably have to provide a lot more care in quotes that you have to give right now? Um, that's a really good question because I think when, uh, when we first started dating, I remember you'd get sick sometimes and I would get kind of like annoyed. I remember about, <laughs> we, no, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know this. What um, an asshole. <laughs> you married this woman? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I honestly haven't really thought too much about that part of the future. Well, let's go. Let's go back to. Yeah. Let's go back to like when you guys met. I don't know if I yeah. know like the entire story. So you met at at theater school in mm. Toronto. Yeah. Tell us about that. Was he uh, like? Was Jeremy really charming and amazing right from day one, <laughs> or did he have to convince you? Um, we were friends probably for the first few months, hung out casually a little bit. A couple East Coasters in Toronto mm-hmm. relying on each yeah. other to like to like hold each other's hand in Well, you were city. so scared. You were so scared I'm of not, Toronto. I kind of was. Yeah, yeah you were. Was, and you wanted to through, go home? I was going through a rough time. I wanted to go home. I wasn't having a, a good time. Mm-hmm. So I was, under, I was under the impression that you didn't know about Jeremy's cystic fibrosis when you guys first started to like have like a, uh, a sexual relationship. No. Nope. Nope. She knew, but you guys. She knew. You. Yeah, because we in one of the classes of our of our acting program was a writing program, and uh, Jeremy got up and presented a, a piece that he had written about basically the story of finding out that you are. It was we had to write about a memory. So Jeremy wrote about the memory of finding out that a CF um, people with CF had a life expectancy that was shorter than others, and he read that in our um, writing class, and that was before there was ever any sort of even like chemistry. Very, pl- very platonic at this point. When he was, yeah. when he was classmates. When he yeah. was like reading that, were you starting to like 
like Th- that's feel, when she fell in love. She was like, like, "Oh my god, I think I love him." Yeah, were you? <laughs> he's got you like, CF. I love him. Did that like oh, make you Jesus. wet? No. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, like you know. Oh, Jesus! Oh my god! Yeah, that was so out of left field. I love did it, it though. Did I it, loved it. Did it like make you start to feel something like you know down there? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Because there must have been a moment when you started. Shut up, Jeremy. I get to. I'm. I'm the one performing right now. So, did. Uh, did. Did you? Is like that when you started to realize, like, oh my god. Like, okay. This okay, is kind of turning okay. me on. No. <laughs> no. Oh my god. This not. sad, sad, sad <laughs> yeah. story is so hot. <laughs> Jeremy, stop it. And that's when you really started to feel like a caregiver. I want him to be my own. Why don't you tell us your version of of how we met, and like, and how that how our relationship came to be? Um, <clears throat> Cole's notes. Uh, okay, so first year of university, we were in the same class of like twenty five people, so pretty small. And um, I I I remember the first day I met you and and knowing that there was something really special about you but I was in a really long-term relationship I wasn't looking at you in that way whatsoever um and then I think over time it, over the first you know semester of school I just kind of got to see that you were um you were really special. People were really drawn to you, and you were well spoken and mature for someone so much younger than me. Oh, all, the, all the listeners are going, "Man, well spoken." I don't know about that. Mature, mm, definitely not. <laughs> mature was um, the one that stuck out for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but you were just you were so young, um, younger than me. And you're four years younger than me. So being twenty four and you being twenty was like, eh, he's he's mature. That's a big difference at, that, at yeah. that age. Yeah. That's a big difference. And you were fun. And, um, I remember talking to, uh, uh, <laughs> my therapist at the time going there. He's like, why do you like Jeremy? I was like, well, cause we go on adventures together. And, uh, I think that that's, it was just kind of like a playfulness that was reignited in me that, um, that I hadn't connected to for a while. And I, I really enjoyed being around that. And, uh, and then we went out one night and, um, I was seducing you the whole time. You didn't know that, but I, uh, I was from the, or was from I the seducing mo- you? Well, see, you thought you were seducing me, but I was <laughs> yeah. letting you think that. <laughs> and, hunter, um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then there was just, there was just one particular night when it just kind of came out. Like you told me how you were feeling. You had strong feelings for me. You wrote it in a book. It was a very sweet little story. It was very sweet. It's, um, it's pretty fucking because good. The, it would be great in a script. I got to say, it would be a great little uh, love story. Because yeah. we're on the, the topic of you guys meeting, can you tell the story about the drawing that you have when you guys were on your date? I love that that little story. That was our oh, first yeah. date. That was that, our first right. legitimate date that we were that we were like, let's do this in public. <laughs> Because this is the thing is that we there it was a bit of a, a, a tumultuous uh, oh, you are well spoken be, thank you right? uh, be, beginning uh, because we were both in in current relationships at that time and we kind of fell for each other while we were while those relationships were ending mm-hmm. and so those relationships came to an end we continued to see each other but we were doing it like in secret because we didn't want our classmates to know. Uh, we were like Brady said, we were a very small class and it was like a, it, it would have been a, a, this very like incestuous thing for th- this small group of people to have like, in like relationships within that. Right. It, it, so we were like, let's keep this on the, on the DL. No one can know. No one will know. Everyone, knew. everyone fucking knew. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah. Jeremy and Brady, and they're definitely boning for sure. Totally. And so we decided one night to go out on a date, um, 
And we went to this place called uh, uh, Sneaky D's. Sneaky D's for, for nachos. Awesome place in Toronto. I don't Sounds know like a... Doesn't it's, really sound like a nacho oh, place. Dude, it's, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, really cheap pitchers yeah. of beer. Dive. It's total Super, dive. Yeah. Sounds like a glory hole bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. we were at Sneaky D's and uh, and we were having this like official like, all right, we're gonna be out in public date. And there was this guy like looking at us, and I could I was looking over Bridie's shoulder. I could see him. And I could see him looking at us like constantly. I was like, Who the, what the fuck is this guy doing? And it looked like he was like taking notes. And I was like, is this fucking dude? If Jeremy listen? had had a few beer, he would have stood up, walked over to him and been like, yo, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> no, no. But the guy was like, the guy was like, I thought he was taking notes. I was like, is he, is he tr- transcribing our date? So I, I, I got up and I, I walked over. And, and, and you were very like, mature. You were very, very mature. Very mature. Oh, yeah. So I walked over and I was like, hey, uh, are, you, are you drying or drawing or like, what are you doing over there? And he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sketching you guys. I'm in, an, I'm, I go to uh, OCAD and I'm like working on these like line drawings." And I was like, "Sweet dude, give me your information." So I took his info, and uh, and and then you reported him to the police. I called, <laughs> I called the police immediately. Uh, no, I took his info, and then and then I think a year later, like our first like anniversary like or, no, or, Christmas. Or, or for Christmas I actually got the guy to send me the the drawing and I, I gave it to Bridie in a frame for Christmas and that's, you know that's that? really cute how, and that was when Bridie got wet yeah. <laughs> now I'm saying dude how how picture perfect is it <laughs> that on your very your first official like public <laughs> date there's a dude that is sketching you without you asking him to do that <laughs> and then you can get your hands on that sketch yeah, it was pretty mm-hmm. it was pretty perfect yeah. So um, okay. So um, when, like we we've mentioned, I think we've gone over this in the past uh, when we talked about uh, you and Bridie meeting. It might have been the first episode, but we we and maybe we just had this conversation. I can't remember. But the point is, is that uh, you mentioned that the first few times that you actually went back to Bridie's, you skipped your mask. Yeah. Okay. So Bridie, did did you know that Jeremy had to be taking these medications or his nebulizer that he was skipping to be with you? Um, so I had an idea about the, the pills he had to take for eating, but I didn't know about the nebulizer. And so I didn't realize when he was sleeping over why he was, would run home for 40 minutes before we had to both be at the same place. And, uh, um, and yeah, I, I, was rem- like, I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for the snuggles. I uh, gotta go. See ya. Bye. <laughs> be like, uh, oh, what the fuck? So, so like at what point did that come out? I went over to his place. I think when I started dying, I think, that, I, think <laughs> when I was like, I, I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> this is getting, this is getting really bad. Were you just doing that because you were self, were you self-conscious or were you just forgetting or what were you going to say, Brad? You were going to, um, I remember, I remember sleeping over at your place, uh, it must have been the first time I slept over because <clears throat> you said that's when you kind of like broke it to me. Kind of, if I could tell you were really nervous about telling me that you had this nebulizer that you had to do. And Plus, it keeps you up for forty minutes because it sounds like a generator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like the most. It's the ultimate like uh, mood killer. You know what I mean? Like if you know, like if you you just have like. Uh, really, really great sex, and because um, <laughs> let's be honest, I mean that's my thing. Anyway, and, uh, <laughs> and so then, and then you're like, oh yeah, like let's snuggle up or let's cuddle for a bit. Um, 
and let's kind of fall asleep. But then once we fall asleep, I have to be like, oh, by the way, just let me, I'm going to slink over here. And <laughs> 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 I'm imagining like, two people in an apartment and their roommate going like, hey, guys, do you mind if I just do some drilling right now? <laughs> yeah, but I can, I can empathize because I snore really bad. Oh, and I'm pretty sure that eventually I'm going to need one of those machines that's next to your bed. Mm. What do they call it? That's, that's for machine? sleep apnea, man. Do yeah. you have sleep apnea? Uh, it's Probably. possible. Yeah, it's possible. I do. Like, I yeah. snore really loud, yeah, and uh, and it's possible. And I'm really, I'm really nervous that someday I might need to get one of those, but I would never go to a doctor and say anything about it because I would never want to have to get one of those machines. Yeah, I I need that machine. Definitely better to, to just die peacefully in your sleep. <laughs> That's yeah, what I think. Totally, yeah, I, yeah. What what when when I did do my mask? Like, what was that experience like? Because for me, it was for me. I was I was super nervous because I was like, oh man, Brett, like this is gonna be. I don't know what the fuck I thought. I clearly I could not have thought. Oh, this is going to be the the deal breaker. Oh, <laughs> like right. this is gonna be righties at fucking out. But I, there was probably a sense of like. Man, how weird is this going to make everything? I don't know. It, I mean, I don't think like that anymore because it's just so natural for me to do it. But I just remember the first time I was sitting on your bed and you were at your desk at the foot of your bed sitting at your desk. And at the time, it was one of those ones where you put the elastic around and it was just like stuck to your face. So you're just sitting there reading a comic book. And I was sitting on your bed, probably also maybe looking through my phone or pretending to read, but because I hadn't seen it before, you know, when you see something visually that is really unfamiliar and you're like, I probably shouldn't just be staring at this, but I, I just wanted to. Like a car accident. Yeah. So I, but less gruesome. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, I just watched you. just sitting on the bed going, oh, (laughs) oh my God, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so did the old school one look like, uh, you know when, uh, if like the oxygen mask drops down ex- on an airplane? It's exactly, well, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like, mm-hmm. an o- it's like an oxygen mask that you would get in an ambulance or in the hospital. The only thing that's different about the, I'm sure you've seen the one he uses now, yeah. um, is that it was like hands-free. The rest of the system was all It sounds the same. like you got downgraded. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. You could, I think you could take more in with the way that, like with the mouthpiece that I have now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get more, like mm-hmm. less shits escaping from the sides. Because when, when I first met Jeremy, he was doing his mask when I walked into the room and was like, hey, I'm Taylor. Right. And I was immediately like <laughs> staring going, ooh, are you? Are you? Are you, you smoking? You weed? vaping, bro? Are you yeah. smoking weed? Vaping up. <laughs> so it was. It was obviously. It wasn't a deal breaker. But like, did it? Did it kind of weird in the mood, or did you feel? Did you feel like it was like something that was a turn off? No, I mean it wasn't a turn on, but I wasn't. It's like, okay was, when that mask went off. Oh I God. stepped up my A game, guys. Oh Good work, Jeremy. Put it on my thong. Oh, gross. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. What? You had, a, you had a fireplace in your room at that time. You used to just yes. jack it up to I the do. highest. You, you wake up at like four in the morning, Drenches. drenched in something. You're like, oh, my window. I do, love, I do love a sweaty bed. Uh, a man with CF panting in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, Jeremy, are you okay? You're like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> So, so uh, like Jared, that night did you did you like did you have to explain the process or or um, no? I, I don't of, think I don't think I, I think I said as little as I possibly could and just was like, <laughs> well, hope, hopefully this is okay, and then just went went, went with it, and then and then uh, because it, at that time I, I it 
I didn't really talk about my CF that much around that time. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it wasn't something that I was like openly like felt good to talk about and dis- and discuss. Like, it was always something that was talked about in confidence or like or you know it, like in a very private moment between me and one other person or something like that. And how did you like? How did you start to introduce that to Bridey as your relationship became more serious? <sighs> That's a good question. How did I? You, well, I went to clinic with you um, pretty early on in our dating relationship. Oh, yeah. It took a uh, while for Jared and I to go to clinic together. But <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that was pretty been, profound, so. I'd say. Yeah, there you, go. you haven't been? No, I haven't. It's fun. Come next time. You can come next time. Well, if you invite me, yeah. I will go with Bring you. Bring a book. Yeah, You're it's sitting there boring. for a Dude, long it's fucking boring. time. Don't go to clinic. It's fucking yeah, boring. Mm-hmm. It's the principle. Um, <laughs> that was crazy. I think like six or seven different doctors sitting in the Toronto hospital for probably... <laughs> Five or six hours. How lo- like, and like how long into the relationship was that? Couldn't. It was day two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now I need to take you to clinic <laughs> so you can really learn what this is all about. The parents are flying in. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Probably within the first year. So, yeah. like, kind of like transitioning out of um, some of the technical things and more into like some emotional stuff. You are obviously knowing. You, you know. You know that he has CF before you guys even. You know, get intimate or have any type of like uh, relationship. Um, so, what is it? What is it like when you start to fall in love with somebody who you know, who you know has a disease that that limits their their life expectancy? Is it? Does it affect it at all, or is it just like? Is it just like? You know, there's no there's no thought. I'm I'm in, it's love, so it's it is what it is. Um, well, the thing is that, uh, I've lost people that I love before. And so I feel like I have a pretty solid understanding that grief is a price of loving someone. And so I, there was never, there was one time I called up my stepmom who raised me and, uh, and said, and was kind of talking about Jeremy for the first time and saying, like, I'm really into this guy. And uh, but the thing is, is he's sick. And she said, she said. Uh, she was like, sick awesome or sick sick? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and that's what I said. And she said, well, does it matter? And I said, right. no, not really. And that was the end of the conversation. Right. And I never talked about it with anybody after that. That's an amazing. <laughs> and then I never talked about CF again. <laughs> That's an amazing way to put that. That that like grief is the ultimate. It's the cost of yeah. loving somebody, and and that's not. That's not something that I just made up. That's like that's some something famous you, person said some, right. sometime. Well, we'll just attribute it to you. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. Because I feel that, I feel that way as well. When I think about, when I think about death, I, it's more when I think about what life would be like if I didn't have the people that are closest to me around anymore or, yeah, be- or what life would be like for my closest friends and family if I wasn't around and if that would change or how they, but that's the, that's the, that, that's so perfect. It's the price you pay when you take on another, uh, so don't ever love anyone. Yeah. That's that's not worth it. You have, it's not worth it. You make a choice. Like I'm going to have a dog. So when I'm going to lose my dog, he's going to fucking die. And it's almost, it's the perfect, it's the perfect thing for 
especially families, to have a pet that will teach children mm. about death. Mm. It's inevitable. Dude, I um <laughs> I was at my dad's a couple of weeks ago and I was I was talking to him and uh he has a, a dog who's pretty old and sick with cancer and and uh my dad's like pretty pretty sh- shaken up about his dog like inevitably being about to die soon. And uh and he said to me in the moment when we were talking about the dog eventually dying, he said, you know, this is the reason why I never got you a dog when you were a kid. And I was like... Because he didn't want to put you through the... Yeah, the and, and he was like, I had a dog when I was a kid. And he said, like, he couldn't get over the dog's death. Like, it just sat with him for so long and really, really, really bothered him. But he has another dog now. And I wanted a dog so bad of course. when I was a kid. And he just he just didn't want my brother and I to have to go through that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that would have been yeah, like a, a really a really healthy experience. Plus, of course, like death is sad, but what about all the amazing times that totally. you got to spend? And when you think back, and when I think back on the pets that I've had or, or, or people that I've known that have, that have come and gone, that's what you remember. Yeah. You don't look back and remember the day that they died. You remember all the amazing experiences that you've mm. had with them and the, and, the, and the happiness that they brought to your lives. And I mean... Fuck, that's outweighs that one day so much, so much heavier. And even and and you say one day, but even that lasting pain, like the lasting pain of of longing and missing them, is only because you love them so much and you enjoyed those moments that they were there so much. So why not just focus on the positive parts? As hard as it is to say, like, forget about the sadness. Like, be thankful for those good times that you you had with them. Right. Mm. I I. I, and just to just to harp on the on the pet thing for one more one more second, I and I don't know, and I feel like I've asked you this before, but I'm not sure. But I've always had this thought in my head about Bigby, about you having a large dog that has uh, is on the short end of life expectancy. Yeah, for do dogs. You, do you draw that parallel? Yeah, for sure. Like I, yeah, absolutely. I think I spoke to that like with Bridie a number of times. You know, it's like I don't know. What have I said about that? Well, when when we first started talking about getting a dog, you wanted an English bulldog because they had breathing problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I got a French that's bulldog, right. yeah. so I can have a little Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, when when he snores real bad, I think about that night in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> that night in Toronto, when Jeremy almost died and went to sleep. I thought you were gonna die. He was snoring like this. He was going like this. He snored like normally for a while, but he was stayed in the same position, and his his snoring got shorter and shorter progressively until he was going. Uh. <laughs> dude, dude, Bridie, dude, Bridie. And I was like, oh my god, he's gonna die. I'm gonna have to shake him awake any second. <laughs> Bridie fucking lives with that every night. It's so Not nice. only do I do that, but I also like. This is he's. Have you ever seen it? Watched him sleep? He sleeps like this. So I'm like, I'm Jeremy. I'm laying on my side. For anybody who needs a visual, um, you can go to Bridie's Instagram, uh, <laughs> at Bridie McLean. He what's sticks your, his elbow what's your, up in What's the your air. Instagram, Bridie? I think it's just at Bridie McLean. At Bridie McLean. She's got a video of the his way elbow, And then he it's uses his fingers silly. to just caress his own face. <laughs> My arm just so floats his, his And then sometimes floats. I wake one time up I punch and I Bridie, can't breathe. One time I punch Bridie right in the fucking mouth. In the middle of the night, remember that? Mm-hmm. And then you were like, "Oh, I'm sleeping. I'm really sleeping." No, yeah. Well, no, I felt so. I think bad. it's far worse when I wake up and I can't breathe, and I realize it's because your arm has fallen over my my neck, oh and my I just I'm just. 
can't. So yeah. Chelsea's come up with a really good. Do you do you sleep on your back? I sleep I, I, everything. Okay, uh, I'll sleep a, any. So you don't way. sleep on your belly. I uh, I snore. No, I don't sleep on my belly. That's too hard. Like I was saying, I snore really bad. But I snore really bad when I when I sleep on my back. So I love having my back scratched. And what Chelsea does when I'm snoring really loud and I wake her up, she just kind of like rolls me over onto my side and just starts to scratch my back, and I just stop snoring. Yeah. There's a little scratch, I do and then a she starts thing. just tearing your back <laughs> up. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And she's like, stop snoring. Yeah. I do um, a similar thing with my elbow. I just jam it under her shoulder blade and I go, babe, like that. <laughs> yeah, I love Stick it. Stick a finger in his butt. I love it when she does that. <laughs> so cute. This thread is reminding me of a conversation that I've had with you about you two and the the expectation i think we were talking about your guys relationship and jeremy's life expectancy and um and jeremy saying something along the lines of like i think we were talking about him finding out that the new uh mm-hmm. average age of a cf patient is what 51 or 52 oh, yeah. and and for real that's what they 51.6 they yeah. say that that they get. That, i think that's the, yeah that's okay. the number they get um and and we were, and then I was like, "Oh, how does Bridie feel about that?" or something like joking. And he was like, "You know what? To be honest, like I don't know. Like I, I did she? Maybe she? You came into this going like I signed up for like forty, thirty to five, thirty-five, forty. 40. Mm-hmm. Like I, I <coughs> is there any? <laughs> it's funny because the first sick boy, uh, the pilot episode that you guys did, I listened to in June of last year, so almost a year ago, and. Um, and uh, it was unedited and, and Jeremy was talking about, uh, proposing to me and this joke that like, I said no first. And then he was like, you only have to commit for like 10 years. Yeah. Or, like, and, then you said yes. and then I said, yes. A lot of people didn't think that was a joke. I know it was a joke. It was, it was totally a joke. I thought joke. it was true. No. I, I literally have written in front of me right now. Ask them about that uh, no? proposal. <laughs> Why did you say no? Yeah. I, it's uh, written right here. <laughs> no, I said, I said yes right away. Remember um, how symbolic it was <clears> that later that day I convinced you to jump off a bridge with me? Yeah. I was really mad at you for that. Oh yeah, but you were like you didn't want to do it at all, and I was like, "This is it! Like we can do Take this. Take the leap! Take the leap!" Mm. And you were like, "Oh, fine!" And then we jumped up, jumped the bridge. It was a sweet. Then water went right. Well, up it my is butt. really sweet to water went right up my somebody butt. else to do something that you know will be okay, but there's a lot of fear around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And cliff jumping is very <clears throat> symbolic yeah, of that. Exactly. When you know, and especially when you see somebody go before you and do it, and you go, "I know that I can do it. I yeah. know that if I jump right there." Everything will be okay, but it's like you you come up well, with all of these like. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute though. Did I yeah. did I do that to you, to our marriage? Like, did I do that? To yeah, you it was because you like did that? I was like, Trust me, it's okay. <laughs> Just take the ring. She's like, I don't know. I <laughs> don't know. Leave. Take the leap. <laughs> I it was six in the morning and I was hungover. So. <laughs> Put it on your finger. <laughs> <laughs> You did have me out in the middle of a lake. I did. In yeah, the fog. Oh, God, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds very Dexter like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, listening to that pilot episode, that, that came up. It was like, I heard that and I wondered for the first time if that baby was in my subconscious. Like, yeah, because that, that wasn't an actual part of the conversation. You never said, oh, I, you know, I have an expiry date. But maybe, maybe that but was. You, you knew that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and the more that I thought about it, the more I 
realize that in my visions of my future, um, I was alone and like probably seeing other people and having this whole second life after you because that was just, that's just like, I mean, you never know either one of us could get it by a bus, but that was just, you know, when I look into the future, I realize that was, that was part of it. And, and a lot has changed since listening to that and kind of making those realizations about <clears throat> what I want in my life and what I want for you in so, your short time. And, and what are some of those things that have changed over the last year? Well, I think I got a lot less, um, not that I was ever really super possessive, but I think just, I started to feel this thing that I only recently identified, which is that I really love this person. I think he's a, a life changer. Um, and I want everyone to know that. So I'm going to support him in any way that he wants to make himself known in that way to the world. Uh, so the podcast, even though we've had some issues with like, we don't have time for each other and there's been some like balance issues in our life since it started, I never for a second have I, have I been resentful? Um, because I think it's a really important, uh, medium for you. And, uh, and then also with like romantic or sexual things too, I'm just like, Oh, let's, you know, we got together. You were really young. I was really young in my, my vision of the future. I'm probably like going to see other people and have other experiences. Am I going to be the one who, who says that you don't get that either? Um, or you don't get that. So you're uh, letting me be gay. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm sharing you, but only with well, men. You know that when I cut my hair, his Kinsey scale rating <laughs> went from a 0.5 to a 2.5. I did hear that. He talked about it for a good day, Dude, how I handsome was, you were. I was. He's almost completely half. He's almost completely bi. He's just on the, he's just. He's on Tinder. He's just on a grinder right now on his phone. <laughs> Swipe, 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 swipe. Uh, Jeremy at first said, he, he, when we were talking about a Kinsey scale, he at first said, I think I'm about a three. But I didn't know what the, I didn't know how the scale actually worked at that point. And then when we, when we, learned, when we learned about the bi. scale and he was like, he was like, uh, that means that half of your partners are men and yeah. half of your partners are women. <laughs> Jeremy well, was like, oh, not, actually. What's happening in this room here right now? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Half of your partners are men. That's yeah. This is true. This is true. We are uh, we are life partners, yeah. Jeremy. It is interesting though how that came, how that that became a, a like a part of our relationship, and how how I mean, I, I feel like it. It you know this this whole thing about you know our us seeing uh, openly seeing other people and whatever like that's I, that, I don't think that's directly linked to or not directly but like. Um, uh, how am I, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not, it's not a hundred percent correlated to the cystic fibrosis. Like it's not the only reason no. that that's going on. No, of course ask, not. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's definitely not, but it's, it's, a, it does play a role. And I find that's kind of, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the other thing that you mentioned, um, or that you've told me in the past, Jeremy, is that, is that you guys have. It's not like the, we launched the podcast and then you guys had an open relationship. Mm. Like you guys had had discussed that. Yeah, that was something long that was before kind of we on were the table. Long engaged. Be- yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah, but yeah. it was not something that you took serious until 
Bridie, after you th- heard that yeah. that first conversation? I think we took it seriously. When we when we pull it out and talk about it, you know, once a year, it would be a conversation that was like a month or two long before. It's hard not to be serious about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But I think what you mean is that, Brian, is that right. it we wasn't seriously considered to be acted upon. Yeah. Oh no! Until yeah, that epi- Until you listen to that episode. Well, I mean, then no, that wasn't the only thing. No, no, yeah, no, no. of course not. Yeah, but it, that did play a role. Let's talk a little bit more about it. Are so you like, gonna get? If I die, are you gonna get married? Are you re- gonna remarry when I die? I don't plan to. Like I said you the other day, better not. You fucking better not. <laughs> I think it was like in the Jesus. common <laughs> news. <laughs> Just don't haunt me. Yeah, if I, I do. Gonna, I'm gonna haunt the fuck out of that guy. Yeah, I, is. could be I, a woman, especially yeah, or, if he's or, got or a, especially if he's got a bigger wiener. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I actually, I actually don't give a flying fuck if you got married, remarried or not. I think that would be that totally would be, cool. That I would. would I, well, you know what? You think you would remarry if I? Fuck no, no. I, and and I don't think you would either. I think both of us would agree that that this sucks and we'll never yeah, do it again. Don't get married. Don't get married. <laughs> if you're listening to this, do not get married. Um, do you remember? No, when but we I would were... never. I would never want to take on. We've spoke to this before. I've never. I would never want to take on that. Again, you know what I mean? Like that whole, everything that goes with marriage, it's awesome. It's amazing. However, it's a lot. Do you have to do it more than once? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why why choose to do that more than once? Like if you get a dog and it dies, don't get another dog, right? That's Uh, not the moral. That's a good point. Do you remember, do you remember in Vegas when we, when we were on your bachelor party and we met those military guys in the pool and the guy, and you were like, I'm here at my bachelor party. And he goes, if you, if you were boarding a flight that they said had a 50% chance to get to its destination, would you still get on? <laughs> and you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I just want to, because we, we joke about marriage being really lame. Oh, a, marriage is a lot, fucking but, awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Marriage mm-hmm. with you is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I'm sure that marriage, and I'm sure that there's other, like, I look at my parents and I go, Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like that is that is the epitome of of a, an awesome partnership. I agree. And, and like and marriage being something that's really great. But I, there's a lot of pe- there's a fuckload of people out there where it's it's not The thing not, is about your parents is they're from a different definition for, oh, of yeah, marriage. For sure. Whereas oh, yeah. like we're coming into this thing with like a whole like there's no rules, there's no boxes anymore. So when we got married, I didn't have any expectations, but as the marriage went on, I was like, oh, this is all the stuff that I like signed up for without knowing mm. because they're all part of things that like the world expects of you when you're married. And to begin to go to push back a little bit and go, actually, I'm not going to pay attention to any of those definitions anymore. I'm going to talk to my partner about what would work for me. And slowly that conversation, because your parents' marriage is incredible, but it's a product of a different. Yeah, and it's completely different from what we well, what we've created. Yeah, right? we don't know what your parents get up to. When they're close <laughs> doors. We're not going there. <laughs> we'll just have to have them back on the show, <laughs> <laughs> or you can have them on your on your other podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridie and I are uh, working on a little project together, a little podcast. Mm-hmm. You can keep your ears open for that one coming up soon. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Um, I just wanted to I wanted to come back to uh the open relationship thing again because I think that for somebody listening and they hear open relationship, there's a lot of I mean, there's there's a lot of stigma surrounding that because people have these preconceived ideas of what it's like to have an open relationship. And I think that the thing that works the most or works best for you guys is the fact that you have a very, very, very high level of communication, right? Extremely high communication. So then then what is it? that makes that work because I know that there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this right now who are who are like tensing up about open relationships that mm-hmm. they yeah, don't identify yeah, with yeah, it probably, and yeah. Taylor and I are both in um monogamous, monogamous relationships yeah. and I know for me <coughs> that's what works for me and I don't I don't want to be um, poly- polygamous and, and you and you and I secretly pass judgment in the shadows against Brian and Jen. <laughs> yeah, so we're here to to put that judgment public and uh, right on uh, shame on you guys. <laughs> so, so what is it that makes it work? Because uh, again, like I'm very comfortable with like your guys's relationship. I think it's awesome that you can communicate about that and and make it work. But what is it for you guys that does make it work? I don't know. I think it's just that we're too. You know, it uh, for me personally. I think what. A thing that honestly that contributes to it is tying it right back to living with with a terminal disease or living with a disease that like alters my life, right? So I I have I I've the experience that I've had with cystic fibrosis is that I look at the world in a way that um I see how insignificant a lot of things really are, or at least I choose to look at it that way, right? Or and and I, I actively try to look at things that way. Because I, I know that my time is super limited compared to your normal person. Um, or at least that's what I've been told or that's the story that I've chosen to believe, right? So I think that plays a big role in to why I'm, I can do this. Like I can dive into that, that polyamorous relationship or open relationship. Um, but as to why it works for Bridie and I, I mean, it's, yeah, commun- like communication is definitely a huge Okay, but if you element. didn't, and sorry to just jump in here, but if you didn't have CF, one, would you still want to have an open relationship? See, our and, therapist says you can't talk in hypotheticals. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, it's it's true. Tr- tricky territory. But there, but there are people who are listening to this, I think, who who might identify with one the, side or the other because of their circumstances. And this is what I have too, to right? say about that is that I don't know because I really don't know what kind of person I would be if I didn't have cystic mm-hmm. fibrosis. Right. I, I fucking guarantee you I wouldn't be this guy. No, yeah. definitely you, Like not. I would be a very, very different person, I think. But Bridie I don't doesn't know what have, that would look like. But Bridie doesn't have cystic fibrosis. So how like how does do you think that but that's Jeremy having yeah, Jeremy. Do you think that that's uh, a big influence in you? Do you think that if you had and again this is hypothetical and you say you don't want to talk about that, your therapist <laughs> says not to, but to challenge you and to push you on it. Do you think that if you were in a relationship with somebody else, and for example, Jer- say Jeremy's gone, and you go on and you find another relationship with a partner who doesn't have a terminal illness, would you want to continue to have an open relationship? I can I can say with one hundred percent certainty that I would. Yeah. Um, I have 
I've always um, <laughs> leaned towards having multiple partners, whether it's in the contract or not. And uh, you floozy, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna <laughs> own it. Um, I think I think it's kind of like having a group of friends. Like, because uh, for example, my my the people, the women in my life that I'm closest to are spread all over the country, and. I need all of them, even though they're so far away because of who I am when I'm with them and how they make me feel. And I think that's a really big part of what I love about loving people is that I get to express myself in a different way than I do when I'm with with Jeremy or like even with you or with you. Like the way I express my affection for people has now been thanks to really great communication skills, a lot of which I've learned from you, um, is now a way I can, I can go, what is the, what is the way I want to express mm-hmm. the way that I care about this person? Do I just want to like, you know, tell them, do I want to like hold their hand a little bit? Do I want to like go to a movie with them, like quality time? Or do I want to do nice things for them? Do I want to buy them presents? Whatever it might be, like they're, I love, I just love opening my <laughs> heart. Opening my third <laughs> chakra. I was going to say legs, but I, <laughs> um, I, I, I like to be totally open to what, what, what the possibilities are in any relationship. Well, and I, I think that I, I truly do believe that we were talking about before we started recording, we were talking about dogs and the, and the craziness that is breeding dogs and have certain characteristics and stuff like that. And I do think that we have that we have been socially bred to think that we are supposed to be with one person, and I and I and and that's how I feel. Like you were saying, Brian, you and I are in monogamous relationships, and we feel comfortable with that. But I I, I do believe that I was bred to think that that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think that that is inherently my nature. I think that 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 it's just, just want to throw this out there. Anybody who is who, who I mean, geez, this is this is like totally left like CF realm and like yeah. and like and totally gone into like relationships. But however, whatever. Anybody who who has any inkling of going like I kind of think that like that's something that I would be like that I that I I lean towards, but I don't know how to like how to process it all in my head. There's a fucking phenomenal book out there called Sex at Dawn by Christopher uh, uh, Christopher Mc no. something Sex Lovin Christopher McLovin. I think anybody, I mean, it's one of those things, like anybody who's beginning to explore an open relationship reads these two books, Sex at Dawn and Ethical Slut, and like that's the joke, and people who are in open relationships are the people like in CrossFit. They can't stop talking about it. I do want to finish that thought. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's resources out there, and I think think it's just... I don't know, even if you're just curious. Like I, I got those book recommendations from a couple, Esme and Tom and, and James Thomas, who are yoga people and, and they're in a monogamous relationship, but they like to reach it and yeah. they like to not right. let their lives be defined by Se- other people's definitions. Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan. That's mm, the author's yeah. name, Christopher Ryan. And I've um, always been fascinated by this particular topic, like Dan Savage and yeah. all of the relationship mm-hmm, yeah. and sex therapists and advice columns that are out there. So yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I I recaptured my thought mm. yeah. um, from before, which will which will transform, which will take us into another direction. Yeah, right. please do. Yeah. Um, so I am an eternal optimist. I 
Um, I, I don't think Jeremy's going to die from CF. I don't think that. Me neither. Like, and, and, and that's and that and 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 that. I hope I don't drown or something <laughs> shitty like that. And Fuck. like, and and that is that is <clears throat> that is totally not me being a realist. I know that. I know that all of the facts that I have right now point in the direction of Jeremy dying from CF at a at a, a in a pretty specific window of age. But I can't help but just go, nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Man, so, I don't think that's gonna, that's gonna be that's gonna be real shitty when that day comes. Then but for you, but like. I but I also understand. But I but I live in both worlds, right? You know, like I, 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 I understand get, both. Yep, I get what you're saying. So, um, but on the flip side of that, and you being in obviously a very close relationship with Jeremy, and being that person that on the realism side of things of him becoming, you know. Uh, his lung function declining severely, and and all of the you know the terrible things that go on with CF progressing. Do you do you think about or do you contemplate that that piece of time or that period of time where your life will change in the way that you become much more dependent depend depend dependent on dependent on? Yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to have a really good support system. Because people, he's got a good team of people that care about him and his parents and sister and uh, my family and you guys and <clears throat> all of his good friends. All of my girlfriends. All your girlfriends. That's another aspect to the open. I don't have to do it alone. Um, uh, but sister wise. <laughs> uh, financially is something that I started to think about a lot lately, actually. Uh, I do. I take care of all the finances in our relationship, and uh, does Jer have a really good at it? Does Jer have a good life insurance policy? I don't think think you're allowed to have one. I I think my parents took one out when I was a really yeah before they knew that yeah. So he does. He does have life insurance. You do have life insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's something like I don't think it. I don't know. And apparently, as long as you have a student loan that's actively in repayment, you have life insurance. No shit. Probably for the amount of the loan. Yeah. That makes sense because and it's actually for the bank. Sense. I'm going through a mortgage thing right now, and uh, they they get and the bank <laughs> the bank wants you to get a specific life insurance policy where the bank is the beneficiary because mm. it covers your mortgage. Yeah. How hard has it. that been though? Because <laughs> I I would like to speak to that, and I it's something that I usually try to avoid, which is I know that I am fucking bad financially. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not very uh, financially responsible. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a good blend of me being, um, kind of not really giving a shit. Like, just like, it's just not my, it just stresses me out. Money stresses me out. So I just try to avoid it. Like I avoid things that stress me out. Like, like most making people it and stuff. Mm-hmm. You avoid <clears throat> making it. <laughs> avoid making money. <laughs> yeah. Just did like no, no money for me. Uh, no, I just avoid, you know, the responsibilities of it. And, and I, 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 you know, clearly I've passed it all on to you because I just don't deal with it. Um, but also I feel like because I live with, you know, a, a quote unquote terminal illness, I don't have to do shit. You don't want to do definitely don't plan for the future. Like I definitely don't plan. Yeah. Like you don't have RSPs. No, no I, dude, I don't think so. There is one available. For for someone with CF, my question is: Is that how how strenuous has that been for? You? How hard has that been for you? The way that I choose to live, looking at and dealing with finances, because of my CF. Yeah, I, I feel like that's. Yeah, it's really really fucking stressful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's uh, 
There's no gray area on that answer. No, no. But only recently, I mean, with the first couple of years of marriage, neither of us were living financially responsibly. Yeah, it was just like, oh, neither of us silly. are good at this thing. Yeah. So, but then someone had to do it and it wasn't going to be you because you have a meltdown every time math comes up. And That's so true. I yeah. took it so on. Bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> and with like a fury, with like a terrifying rage. Yeah. Ter- like, terrified rage is a pretty good way of describing it. Yeah. 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 Um, so I took it on and, but I haven't really started thinking about, I've been only been like, Oh God, okay. We just need to be able to pay our bills. Now I'm starting to look into the future and, Particularly, there was an episode, and maybe it hasn't come out yet, but you talked about, you know, before you die, you want to do this trip with your friends where you go to, like, if, if assisted suicide or whatever it's called um, uh, doesn't come here and you have to go away for it, then you're going to make a big trip out of it and you're going to go with buddies and, and we're all going to go together and it's going to be amazing. And in the back of my head, I'm listening to this. I'm like, who's going to fucking pay for this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's gonna be I his, am. Yeah, that's going right, to be his adult right. wish. We're going yeah. to get a sponsor for that trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Speaking of which, great. that's a perfect segue into our Patreon campaign that's yeah. uh, out right now. And if you want to go and donate... I'm just kidding. It was, no, it, it probably is out right now. So definitely go donate to our Patreon. <laughs> definitely <fuckers>. go <laughs> uh, donate to it. So back to what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, finances. Oh, That's a good plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry for being so shitty about that stuff. I probably won't change though. It's it's really hard for me. <laughs> so how do you? <laughs> sorry, and, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Brady, how do you feel about like the and to come back to what we were kind of talking about at the start? Like, how do you feel about your your evolving role as uh, a care a, a caregiver um i can honestly say that i haven't thought that much about that par- particular um aspect of it but um, but in a way you're planning you're planning kind of financially i'm very practical about that kind of stuff so yeah like i try to I know it's going to, like, if I think about it, I know it's going to be an emotion. There's going to be an emotional experience to it, but I'm thinking practically like there is an, a retirement savings plan that you can get. Uh, uh, you have to pay into it for 10 years, but then if you're dependent, gets sick and has to retire because they can no longer work, then you get this pension. Um, so oh. something that I've been thinking about, but haven't followed through on yet do you avoid thinking about like prep like pl- like preparing yourself for the caregiver role because of the emotionality like the the intense emotionality of it um i don't think i avoid thinking about it for that reason i think i just know that um i've i sp- i don't want to worry about it i'm not yeah. going to worry about it now you're typically a very like present person Right, like you, in general, you you you're you're one of the most present people I've ever I've ever known in my life. So it would be it does seem weird to think that you would, you know, kind of like stress about the future of me dying or whatever. <clears throat> Sometimes I think about it when I'm uh, like very, very, very when infrequently you're really high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not what I was gonna say. Um, but like, you know, we're all yoga teachers. So like, and Shavasana, I'm like laying in corpse pose and I'm like preparing my body and my life to like die. And I'm letting go of the things that I love. And I'm saying goodbye to the people that I, um, I love. I, I have, uh, considered that there will be, there will be, uh, a time where, um, it will be very painful to be present, but 
I'll, what I'll do is I imagine myself at that point and sit with whatever physical feelings come up. Like I know where that lives in my body. Like I can, I know where my anxiety about that is and where my emotion will come from. And knowing that I've been through what I consider to be one of the, what I, what I've been through already an incredibly heartbreaking experience. We've all, we've all had that. It's relative for all of us. We've, we've gone through something incredibly heartbreaking and I know that you just keep going and life goes on and you come out the other side. So uh, I'm grateful to have had that experience already before mm. whatever we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe this, maybe we don't get into this, maybe this doesn't go anywhere, but I think it's just really valuable to to point out that there are, there are caregivers who are living that experience right, right now. now. Yeah. yeah. And when we talk about and I don't know what we call this episode or whatever if we yeah. say it makes me think of Leighton and his wife, you know, like yeah. that's yeah. that is happening right. This and moment. and even and even somebody who's like their their partner um, or brother or sister or mom or dad are are bedridden right now and and only have they they like have to take time off work and time out of their lives to be there all the time for these people often and, at the expense of their own health yeah, totally yeah. yeah. Mental yeah. and physical, mm-hmm. you know. And I just, I just think it's important to, I don't know, give them a mention or or shout or just say that, like, there are people who are going through that, and yeah. and it sucks. Absolutely. Well, a- I mean, when Jeremy was in the hospital a couple years ago with pneumonia, and and before that, a whole winter he had been never diagnosed as depressed, but definitely depressed, and. Uh, it was really, really hard because communication broke down quite a bit because he was having his own experience and then I was on the other side of it having my own experience of it and there was just like no communication and um, and and it was, yeah, it was really exhausting. Yeah, I've always wondered what that experience was like for you because for me it was... I don't know. Like it, for me, it was just, I was so heavily focused on like trying to get the fuck out of there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like trying to just get through that experience. Cause it was pretty awful. It's pretty shitty to be like laid up in a hospital bed 24 yeah. seven and having like, you know, rounds of IV antibiotics just being pumped into you the entire time. And you're just like shitting your pants because of the amount of fucking drugs being pumped into you. Like the, I have no ability to, to like, to grasp what anybody else is going through in that moment because it's I'm so honed in and so focused in on my own experience and trying to just get through it. And I don't think we ever actually spoke to like to that. To be honest, I feel like I'm a pretty natural caregiver. And I feel yeah. like it, I just I it gives me a sense of purpose and I like being there to keep someone else's spirits up. Like when my sister passed away, I was like, I'm gonna be the rock here and everyone's gonna I'm gonna be light and buoyant and I'm going to make jokes and I'm going to make sure people are eating and I'm going to take care of people. And, you know, I was really young. I was 18. And it was like the same thing when you were in the hospital. I was like, I'm going to bring pizza to the hospital. and I'm going to make sure that people, when I have to go away for work, people are going to stop by and I'm going to communicate really like, and maybe that's a way of escaping too. Mm. Maybe, but it works for me. But you talk at at the same time, you talk of the emotional toll that, that that takes. And don't you find that like when the lights go out at the end of the day, do you feel like that that kind of energy that you try to like exhausted? To bring? Yeah. Do you, do you just feel like it's really draining? It's it. Yeah. But at the, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for people who are 
um, f- who are really having a, a rough go, like, like intense, like mental illness, if you know, Alzheimer's and stuff like that, I can't imagine. Um, Jeremy was always there and present and able to communicate with me. And at the end of the day, and I was doing things, I was kind of documenting it on my Instagram too. Like I was, pots were running dry on the stove and I was like dragging my body through the hospital hallways, you know, at, after having, you know, been there and, and just running out every two hours and move the car and little things like that, just like on, on, on this weird other planet where, um, all the things I used to care about didn't really exist anymore. And I think that the, the, I can't remember where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. One thing exhausting that, yeah. in a, mm-hmm. in a way that you're like, but what, what matters more than what I'm doing right now? One thing that sticks out to me in that experience that I'll never forget is, is, um, my dad took a video of me on his phone when I, when I had just come back from getting my pick line and I was, I was all doped up on, on midazolam or some crazy shit like that. And I was laying in the bed. My dad just took video of me breathing, which I was having a real hard time doing. And it's, you know, probably, <laughs> I probably looked like probably how I snored in Toronto. But, <laughs> but it was like middle of the day. And like my dad's just standing there like stone cold silent and just watching me like struggle to breathe. And I remember he, she was like, I came to, you know, whatever, a couple hours later. And I was like, oh, man, I feel like shit. My dad's like, you, you look like shit. Yeah. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I took video of you when you got back and like, man, Jer, like you're looking really rough, but, and I was like, let me see this video. Let me see. And he showed me. And I remember that moment. I was like, holy fuck. I do not want to look like that. Mm. Not, not in like a vain way. Like I don't want to look like that. Like I don't want to look gross. I meant like, I do not want to look like that for the people that live it like the, for the people that are here for me, like I don't want to look that helpless, and so I I feel like for sure like the next time that I am admitted, after having that experience of seeing that video, it's it's of a makeup artist on hand. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna hire a team. <laughs> you guys are in the film industry. You guys you guys can hook something up. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to fucking like, I'm going to, it's going to be less about me internally looking inwards and going, how do I get through this? How do I get through this? But also looking out and going, how do I get through this? But also how do I like support everybody who's here to support me through this, you know? Because, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're someone who's dealing with something like that, and again, I'm tying this back to Leighton, you know, I, I look at. And sure, I'm only looking at what Leighton's posting on social media. However, and if you ha- if you haven't listened to it, Leighton was was a past guest of ours. He's dealing with very serious cancer right now, and watching him go through his process and the pictures that he's taking and like the outlook that he has, I can only imagine that that makes it infinitely more, um, like tolerable for his wife because if he was just laid up and like just like giving up and like having a really rough time with it I can't even I can't imagine how hard that would be for her you know and I can't and and I just it makes me think about my situation and I can't imagine how hard that would be for you Bridie and like my parents 
if I just was in the hospital and like so fucking bummed out about the situation. So like I want to when like when those moments happen, like I and I feel like this experience in with with the two of you, Brian and Taylor, and like doing this podcast, I feel like this has in a huge way contributed to the way that I look at those moments when those moments come. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you know, I joke about it all the time, but like like, oh, it's going to be so good when I get admitted next time because it's going to be great <laughs> content for the podcast. But like, and I am joking, but I'm also quite serious because I feel like that's going to be something that I'm going to have when I'm in there to like keep me like alive, not alive, like keep me alive living, but like keep me feeling alive, like keep me, keep me from being sucked into the, the like dull gray pit of like a hospital room you know and i would have to whip your ass at cro- at, <laughs> at cro- yeah exactly and i would have to just like just rely on all the shows i've been i've been backstocking like saving <laughs> no, up no i think you're secretly started. excited about that no, i'm fucking totally excited about it but it, it is it's like this thing that i can like that i can have and that will just it will just bring you know it'll just make that whole situation a lot easier and in turn again we'll make it easier for bridey and it'll make it easier for my mom, my dad, my sister, and everybody else who, you know, who has to fucking deal with me, like, laying in that bed, shitting my pants while I get, you know, antibiotics pumped into me or whatever, whatever the fuck is going on, you know? If, it's a, if, it, if I do choose to do a double lung transplant, mm. you know, like, that whole process. There's something about being in the hospital, and, like, <laughs> and, and when you were admitted last time, you know, we weren't doing the show, and I wasn't trying not that i'm not that i'm outwardly trying more now to be curious about medical things now than i was then but i i and i i think about our relationship and and when people ask about like well how do you guys how did you guys kind of get into this like jane you guys have healthcare backgrounds we're like no no no, no. <laughs> not at all um and like how are you how can you be comfortable talking about xyz subject um with illness and stuff and i just go well from day one i walked into the room and jeremy was doing his mask and i said what what, what are you doing and i remember what the fuck and, are, yeah, you doing? What are you doing tell me about that and you're like i have cf and i was like what the shit is that tell me about that and chronic fatigue chronic you have fatigue. Chronic fatigue you have to you have Tired. to suck on you have to suck on vapor for chronic fatigue so so and then we're walking into the hospital and i feel like when you see somebody in a hospital and you see that they're hooked up to ivs not very many people ask the question what are you hooked up to what's that what's going into you but that's like when I walk in and I see you hooked up to shit, I'm like, yo, what's that? What's going into your arm? What's that for? And what's that for? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, well, this is for this and this is for this. And I'm like, oh, shit. And like, we'll just like talk about like what's going on in your body and talk about the yeah. like the technical sh- and like just talking about something like that rather than going in and just being and just like obviously avoiding the fact that you the are hooked up to, in mach- the room that you're hooked up <laughs> yeah. to machines <laughs> and you're hooked up to, to liquid that's being pumped into your body. Like why not just have a conversation about what the fuck that stuff is? You know? <laughs> how awkward would it be to walk in and be like, Oh, so how are things? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What well, are you, well, what are you a, doing well, today? Bed, <laughs> with like a bedpan full of pee next to the bed. <laughs> like I'm obviously stuck here. And then, so. and, then a woman, it, and then a strange woman comes in and just takes that bedpan and goes and flushes it for you and just yeah. says nothing. And you, walks just go, out. you go, so how does it, how does it smell like things are going? <laughs> <Yeah. in here? laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Uh, do you have anything else that you're hoping to talk about? I, I do, yeah. I, I, just, I have one more thing, and it's it kind of just going off that, that positive outlook that you have. I just want to flip back over to Variety, <coughs> and, and I know we talked a lot about like the, the negative things that come with Jeremy having cystic fibrosis, but in reality, as Jeremy says, there's so many things, and he, he wouldn't be the person that he is today without his cystic fibrosis. So... So what has this experience given you, Braddy? Well... Aside from a hot husband. <laughs> he's super ripped. Yeah. Um, um, I think ju- I mean, just who, who Jeremy is, is, like, you know, how he's affected your lives, but be someone who, um, you know, I come from a really different kind of family as Jeremy, so the way, just the way Jeremy is, I've, I don't know if it's CF related. I guess it, it must be because everything is CF related with Jeremy. Um, his ability to talk about difficult things like communication skills, like his, his, his do or die attitude about things is slowly rubs off on me. I think I keep a healthy balance in the relationship when it comes to that kind of stuff, (laughs) like financially, especially. Um, but, but yeah, just kind of like, uh, God, I don't know if this can stay in, but a few months ago we were kind of going through a rough patch and, uh, and we were talking about going to see a, a counselor and we're sitting on our bed and I was like, I was, I, I don't know if I've actually said this to you, but I was like, I'm out of here. Like, this is not, this is not, I'm not into this anymore. And you were in, you know, you were sitting on the bed and you, you just kind of were like, you just started laughing you go, let's just stop being shitty to each other. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> let's just stop. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? so pissed. I was so pissed, but... <laughs> but the longer I looked at you laughing at this like solution that you had just come up with, and I was I, in my head, I was like, "Of course, <laughs> of course, right. fucking brilliant." And of I course. and and I, but I went from looking at you with this like, "You don't fucking get it at all," to like this pinhole of light at the end of the tunnel, because mm. because. Even though it was such a small pinhole of light, I was like, "There, there might be something here. To there might be something to what this man is saying." <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marriage ain't easy. Or why you go into a long term? You don't have to get. It doesn't have yeah, to be on paper, to but be it's why. Yeah, yeah. It's why relationships in general are important. Any Romantic kind of committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a really good sentiment to end with. Yeah. Unless there's any yeah. other questions. I just have been sitting here thinking about how much I love you. Oh. <laughs> because me, me too. Because me I three. I've known you for <clears throat> five years now, over five years now, just over five years, and. Uh, I'm in, I, I mean, I'm in and out of where you live all the time, but we, we don't, we haven't sat down and had, had a conversation this rich in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's so nice to, to do this. That is. And I love it. I love it too. I love you. I love you all. I love you both. 
I love you too. What do I chop liver? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything that we haven't touched on that that you feel like you want to want to talk about? No. Are you but sure? also, yeah, you had but also yeah. well, because you want to finish on a nice note. But no, there's that's a, okay. I have to tell you that I worry about you emotionally because you are so certain that you're going to go before mm. everyone you love. Yeah, and I just. I just hope that sometimes you consider that it might not turn out that way. Yeah, I and don't consider that. Maybe kind of, I don't know, I if you should, should mentally I, prepare yeah, yourself no, for that kind of thing. But Yeah, in the same way that I mentally prepare myself for being the first one to go, mm-hmm. I absolutely, you're right. I, I absolutely should. Because it's funny, when we were making breakfast this morning, we were chatting, that crossed my mind. That exact thing. And I don't, I definitely wouldn't handle it well. I don't think so. It would be contrary to everything that you've prepared yourself for. It mm-hmm. sure would. And the thing is, is that I, can, I don't, you know, I talk about, I can talk about law, like death and, and being okay with death and stuff like that, but I'm always relating it just to me. And I'll tell you right now, every single time that I've experienced a funeral or, or um, any kind of loss, which has almost never been directly linked to me, right? It's always been very like uh, uh, you know distant. Um, I lost my grandfather. That was that was that was that was pretty hard. Um, but me and him didn't have a super tight relationship. But like seeing you know a friend who loses a a partner, or a friend who loses a child, or someone I don't even fucking know who loses their child. And I show up to the wake or whatever, the funeral, like, man, I get real, real fucked up by that. And so, yeah, I think you, I think you have a very valid point there in that I should, I really should start to meditate on that a little bit more now that I feel so like, you know. Yeah, branch out. I should branch out. I should <laughs> fucking branch out. You're so, you're so stiff, Jer. Yeah. Why don't you get try, try being more malleable. Yeah. <laughs> I need more malleability from you. And, but I think that that is a good thing. I think that's a good note for everybody to consider. Because right? I, 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 for me, my whole thing is I'm trying to get everybody on the, on the same boat as like, yo, consider your death. Like, consider the fact that you are finite and, and be so okay with that be so okay with that that it feels awesome mm-hmm. right and because a lot of people don't a lot of people fucking avoid that shit like crazy i'm the exact opposite i i i assume in my in my indirect or my subconscious thought of my of life i I imagine myself to be the last one to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe that's my competitive nature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, fuck everybody. Uh, thanks again for sitting in on one of these uh, weird, like Jeremy's <laughs> personal uh, therapy session with family and and friends. <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah. How did it make you feel? That was a that was a therapy yeah. joke. You don't, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. Okay, Jeremy, you can get up off the couch. Um, <laughs> stop laying down. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, it would it would mean the world to us if you right now took a couple seconds to go over to iTunes, uh, rate, re- review, and subscribe to the podcast. 
Um, and uh, also, go to our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon account up. Uh, we, if you think what we are doing is valuable, um, you know, we, we, we provide you one episode every week. And if you enjoy those episodes, what's that worth to you? Is it worth a dollar? Is it worth $5 per month? You know, whatever. Go check it out. Patreon, uh, www.patreon.com slash sickboy. Uh, and check out what we got going on over there. And uh, follow us on social media because we got some funny, funky shit up there all the time. Mm. And Bridie, you're on Instagram, right? You yeah. got I love your Instagram. You do. Do you have a Do you have a Do you have a privacy setting on it? Nope. Sweet. Go follow my wife on Instagram. She's cute and she has fun dog pictures. Lots of selfies. Lots of selfies. Uh, <laughs> and she and and she's sort of single. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> not really, but kind of. Private uh, message me. Oh God. DM Bridie McLean. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. <laughs>